Hello, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Puntcast. I'm your host, Robbie Callen. Joined as always by my illustrious guest, Chip Patterson. Tom Fernelli, not here on the golf course, abandoned us for a decent weather day in Chicago. Uh, but that's all right, because we're here. It's conference championship week. Um, Chip, we've made it to almost the finish line. Bowl season, obviously, its own animal. But we're here. It's the last week in November. About to be the first uh, first weekend of December. Kind of how how do you feel? Where is the energy reserves right now going into bowl season? Ooh, I th- here, so like I am a little bit sad, and I'm not going to jump on that. Um, like all bowls are good bowls. I'm very happy for every college football team that is mm-hmm. excited to go play in one, and you know all the things that come with it. If you've been around a team, either as a fan or like with us, it's a fun week. Like legitimately you do a lot of stuff. And most of the time you see teammates having fun with each other. And again, this I'm going to sound so old, but from a gambling perspective, mm-hmm. I've got no idea who's going to be playing in these games mm-hmm. and like all my vibes and all my reads and all the chip You just got to throw them out the window, right? You do. I saw I your boy Marcus Carroll jumped in the portal. Dog. I mean, you, that that's the other thing is now the portal opens up before bowl season. Yeah. It's open right now for grad transfers, but then people who want to utilize the one time, anytime transfer waiver or one time transfer ra- waiver, they have Monday. So they're going to be doing it yeah. in like three days. So we see DJU jumps in today. He's going to be a graduate transfer. You know, a Grayson would call jumps in. He's going to be a graduate transfer. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, like I'm always a, as you know, going through bowl season. I'm I'm stretched so thin, anyways. I'm mostly sure. vibes, um, sure. but it is it's it's tough. You know, it's it. This will be our last time to be able to feel like we really know these rosters and mm-hmm. these teams and what they want to do. So I'm aside I'm, from the aside from the playoff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Aside from the playoff, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, for sure. And it's uh, yeah, it makes it makes. I think for me. It come, a, a lot of it for bowl season comes down to like which coaches do I trust? Like there are coaches who just are good bowl coaches and there are coaches who aren't. And I think with the roster turnover, that that kind of becomes one of my one of the like north stars of my gambling perspectives. Like who historically gets the boys ready to play in December? Like if Ollie Gordon uh opts out of the bowl game, um, I'm still gonna trust Mike Gundy to take mm-hmm. whoever to go out there and cover the spread. Yeah. Yeah. So you just kind of like, you know, I like to look at who, who just historically does well in bowls. Cause I think if you can regularly win or cover in bowl games, like it probably means you just kind of have the bowl prep thing dialed in a way that, you know, it's, it's tough. Like it's tough. Cause the, you know, the kids kind of go away for a little bit of time. You got finals week, you got, you know, family stuff there. You know, some kids are going home, coming back. It's like, you get limited practices, all that. And it's like, there are certain coaches who know how to do it. Uh, but anyway, we will get to that later for now. We have conference championship weekend, uh, Friday night, two games, uh, the big one on, ABC, basically a playoff play-in game. Uh, Oregon laying nine and a half against Washington, 65 and a half on total. This in Santa Clara. 
correct? Uh, nah, Vegas. Vegas? Vegas. Vegas now. Um, Vegas has two conference championship games in two days with uh, Boise UNLV on oh, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Um, it seems like a lot of points. Like, I know Oregon's rolling right now. But, like, nine and a half? Ducks alt line. Really? I mean, I'm... I'm I'm on Oregon minus nine and a half. I I think they can win this game by two touchdowns. Okay. You ready? Do you, you want to hear? Please. You want to hear the pitch? Yeah, no, I, I need I need I need the I need the spiel here. Um, I I just think that, and this is like, there's a le- there's levels to this. Um, mm-hmm. number one, simply the competition got more difficult. Number two. Uh, there's been reports of like flu, just not being well, like even looking a little banged up, but Michael Penix has gotten worse month Mm -hmm. over month in completion percentage and yards per attempt and passer rating. Like it's just, it's just not the same as it was early in the season. And when these teams first played, it was like October 8th. I just, I feel like I've watched Washington, which has played a tougher schedule, admittedly. Right. Been through a grind. But man, it just looks like they're kind of like limp into the finish line. Dylan Johnson, their running back, was in a walking boot at the end of um, the Apple Cup. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is kind of a vibes play where like sure. one of these teams is just like crawling and Oregon just looks like death flying metal. In. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If the odds makers think it's nine and a half, then it's yeah. probably a 10 point game because they're just respecting the love that's going to be there for Washington. Yeah. I just like part of it is like I understand what you're saying, all the, but I I also do kind of trust the fact that like Oregon's played one close game and they lost it. Oh, and it, and Washington's been all close games, and Washington's all close games. Yeah, but I'm I'm the way that I'm imagining so I, it, which I, could I, be I, wrong. I know you're handicapping as it's not going to be a close. It's game. not going to be a close game, right? That the offensive line for Oregon just sets the tone that Bo Nix yeah. maybe isn't even a superstar, but that like Oregon as a team between Bucky Irving and Jordan James, they just lean on the Huskies yeah. and just really test how much they've got left in the tank. I Part of me like thinks that, and I think it's been over the last few weeks, there's been this like expectation that Washington's going to just kind of fall off at some point. Um, like just, you know, they were dogs at Oregon state and like, maybe that was the right line. That was a weird ass game. They won whatever. Uh, I just, I don't know. Like I, I have, I just, I kind of feel like they're really good at forcing that kind of game on opponents. I think at this point, they're just really comfortable kind of in the mud with somebody and maybe they can't, maybe you're right. Maybe the Oregon offensive line is too good. Uh, maybe Penix is banged up. Maybe the offense isn't explosive enough to keep up. They can't do a shootout like they did in mid-October. I just there's something about this Washington team to me that that I want to believe they can make this a competitive game. And if it is a competitive game, I don't hate them to win it. Robbie Callen says 
Never doubt the heart of a husky. You know? Ah, I love it. No. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think they might be barking. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I Trust me. I see what you're seeing. Oregon's coming in. They've been beating the shit out of everybody. Straight up. The vibes but are so good. The vibes are so good. Bo Nix for Heisman, all of this stuff. However... I don't know, man. It seems too easy. I don't think it's going to be necessarily that easy. I kind of like Washington, but it is scary. Um, kind of funny enough, I think if you like Washington, you probably like the over because that means they're scoring to keep up. It's not your typical dog in the under mm-hmm. for me. I think if I think if they if they are within nine and a half, we're probably got both teams in the thirties. But okay, we'll disagree a little bit on this one. Yeah, I, I, do, it wouldn't. I would not be surprised if I lose this bet by a touchdown more. More. Uh, New Mexico State plus eleven and a half against Liberty. Fifty-seven is the total. A little torn on this one. Mm, I was too, but I've got I've got one side that I think I can rock with. Okay. Uh, New Mexico State has been extremely profitable this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been battle tested. They have been impressive. They were impressive coming off of the Auburn win and not having a letdown. Mm-hmm. Liberty, on the other hand, has beaten everybody by a billion mm-hmm. and look like they are just a different caliber of team than anybody else in the conference. I'm interested to see what your side that you feel you're comfortable with is because everything in me, everybody listening knows me, wants me to take the Aggies. Yeah. And the points. My entire, I mean, there's a reason I'm on Washington. Like the, everything in me says it's a lot of points with a couple good football teams. But I am a little afraid that Liberty just has the athletes here. So my play is Liberty team total over 34 and a half. Okay. Liberty has at times, um, but you know, let team in those games where they're just beating the brakes off everyone. Like they, you know, they can let things go like against uh middle against Western Kentucky against LaTeX. Like can give up some, you know? Sure. Which is then, yeah, which is then going to like force them to just like keep the foot on the gas. First time these two teams played, it was 33 to 17, but that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that the Flames either win running away, in which case they probably get 35 points, or Mm -hmm. it's just a game with a few more possessions, maybe than New Mexico State wants, right? But then I don't want to have to be sweating that. 11 and a half. I like that. I like that a lot. Hello, dog. You ate your food. I know. In a minute. Um, I dig that. I think that's a nice, that's a nice middle ground. Um, and, you know, it allows you to be, part of it is for me, I want to respect New Mexico State. Right. They've done very well for me this year. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to suddenly jump on a 
on the other side. An 11 and a half in a conference championship game? Sir. No, thank you. No, thank you. On the mothership? Uh, Don't sully the mothership rooting for a a, conference championship favorite. (laughs) Yeah, this one's, and also we'll have to specify for each of these. This one is uh, a home stadium. Yes. Yes, this one's in Lynchburg. uh, Yes, it is in Virginia. Okay, let's go to Saturday. Couple in the noon slate. First is the Big 12 championship game. Dallas? Yeah, Jerry World. Jerry World? Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State plus 15 and a half against Texas. Jeez. 55 and a half is total. That's a lot of points, man. For, for Like, I know Texas beat the piss out of Texas Tech. And they, they did bad things to BYU. But against the most competitive teams they've played, they haven't been, like, blowing folks out. Right? Some combination of money or sharps or services, they they think Texas is going to dog walk them. Some, Clearly. I mean, this thing opened 13 and a half, I think. And it's just, like, just walking. Like... But Bud was talking about earlier. He was like, Oh, he was like, you know how he's got like the board with all the different books and the offshore books too. And they're like lighting up green and red all the time. Yeah. He was talking about this line and he was like, his like eyes got big. He was like, Oh yeah, this thing might get to 17. So if you like it, just wait on Oklahoma state. (laughs) If you, yeah, yeah. Just, just wait there. I'll tell you what. So I am on the under. Okay. Um, and it's another one too with like, I'm probably going to end up getting some chip line value because yesterday I saw 56 and a half. And I think I got sure. that in on sports line there. Today it's 55 and a half. And yes. you know, well, obviously that's an incredibly key number that we're dancing across. <laughs> but um, I, big 12 title games mm-hmm. in their very short run here recently, a lot of unders. Under has been profitable. Um, blind betting this 11 a.m. local kick between teams that know each other. Now, this is an exception because previously in the old Big 12, it was always a rematch because of the round-robin scheduling. Correct. You don't have that as a factor this time, so we will be monitoring. But uh, Oklahoma State wants to run the ball. Texas's run defense is incredible. Its front yes. four is yeah. unreal. Like, yep. SEC-ready front four for Texas right mm-hmm. now. Um. So that kind of neutralizes that. The other piece of it is Texas's red zone offense is still shitty. And even in that beat down at Texas Tech, I feel like their first four scoring opportunities ended with three field goals. Um, yeah. So if you just take all those opportunities and like slowly milk a few points off, that that plus like the matchup of the run defense and the historical trend, I was looking at it. I was like, I don't want to mess with that spread. That's bananas. Let, let's just jump on the under. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Texas defense is great. Yeah, Texas's defense plus their own red zone shittiness. That is an under formula. I like it. I do like that. And, and like you said, Oklahoma State, I've lost a couple of Oklahoma State unders this year, but they do want to run the football. And as long as they can't break big runs, that's the thing that always kills you with them is like if, if they can break off a couple 40, 50 yarders, but Texas not real susceptible to that. Um, oh uh, yeah, were you you were with me on BYU last week? 
no, I don't. I last week I would I forgot to put everything in before I left the uh, the state, uh, which ended up being good. I tracked everything. I think I would have gone eleven and twenty four. Yeah. So I I'm counting that as a as a big old win that Robbie forgot to put everything in. Oh. I would have got I my card looked awful yeah i got right when i got back i, I, I got it was destroyed. bad um one of I don't think my, byu was on there though but like oak state byu under was dead the second that oak state's defense just had a slow start and gave up early scores because now they have to come back sure like we just we had lost the game script at that point can't do that mm. can't do that um we'll hope that doesn't happen we'll hope we'll hope they don't suddenly fall behind like 14 nothing in the first quarter um, because the one thing that Texas will do is if they know you have to pass the ball, trouble. Yeah. Big trouble. Cause they will pick you off. Was it three picks last week for Texas tech? Just making, not good. Making the life hell. Yeah. Not good. So keep it close early. Uh, Mac title game, Miami, Ohio plus seven and a half against Toledo. 44 is your total. I, uh, Detroit. Yep. Detroit. Detroit. Detroit in uh, whatever the hell that stadium's called. Ford Field. Ford Field. That's it. I was like, the Pontiac Silverdome. <laughs> that's been gone for three decades. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Miami. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Seven and a half? Seven and a hook? Come on. Come on. For, for EK, if nothing else. Come on. Um, So the defense is incredible. Mm-hmm. They lost Lil Gabbert early in the year, still won the damn division. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chuck Martin is just like one the of Chuck my, Wagon. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just really got, he's found a way to my heart. So it's Chuck against Jason Candle, who always burns you. Every time. <laughs> can't can't trust Toledo. They're the Alabama of the Mac with more talent and more resources. And they cannot cover some of those Mac spreads as a favorite. Oh man. Uh 3.30 is the aforementioned Mountain West game. Or three o'clock, the aforementioned Mount Mountain West game in Las Vegas. Boy, that is a quick turnaround for the field crew. Yeah. 8 p.m. the night, uh, 5 p.m. the night before, and noon local. Whew. Okay. Boys is laying two and a half. 59 is the total. Rebs for Tom. Yeah. Come on. Rebels. Two and a half. Home game. Wrong team favored. Come on. Uh, yeah. You know, V for Tom. I'm sure he'll have a little hedge on Boise, but. As he should, but revs for Tom. 4 p.m. in Atlanta. Georgia's laying five and a half against Alabama, 54 and a half on total. I think Georgia wins. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably by a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I do not want to be sweating three, four, six, or seven. Like, I don't want to be sweating because it's Mm going to be like that kind of back and forth. Because you know who's not sweating that margin? It's Kirby Smart. His motivations will not be in line with mine when it no, comes to winning no. that game by no. four points or seven points. 
No, Curry will kick those field goals, baby. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm on the over, by the way. Um, yes. Yeah. You, you, you read that too. It's too many yeah, athletes I, on the field. It's 54. Like for we've talked about all year, two defenses that just aren't what they usually are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia red zone defense hasn't been great all year. Um, the better teams they've played have been able to put a little, little bit up on them. I like what Alabama's doing offensively right now. It's kind of funny. I think Alabama was maybe looking ahead from the Iron Bowl. I think they got lucky. I think they got real lucky. I think they were looking ahead, which is a weird thing to have happen when you're going to Auburn, but I think they thought Auburn was dead. They were not dead. No. Because it's the Iron Bowl, Bubba. Um, but I, I, I like what Alabama can do. Often. I'm with you. I think both of these teams can get into the mid to high 20s here. Yeah. That's all we need. I mean, 31-28 uh, definitely sounds like a result of this football game. Yeah. Yeah. 31 24, you know, whatever we got to get to. Yeah. Somebody gets to 30. I feel good about this. Yeah. Um, That's a good line. I'm going to be in studio. Oh, yeah. Check me out in studio, uh, CBS Sports HQ. I was so if, say. if you're watching on the stream of the SEC championship game with the CBS Sports app, you'll catch me at halftime. Uh, yeah. Definitely pregame, potentially halftime. I don't think I'm on for postgame, though. But that's a good line. Somebody's going to get a 30. I'll tell you what, Jeremy. Somebody's getting a 30 in this football game. Somebody's scoring 30. If somebody's scoring 30, we're going over. Because yeah. I don't see this being a blowout. Could be wrong. Don't see it. Uh, SMU plus three and a half against Tulane. 46 and a half on the toes. Is this a home game for Tulane? It is a home game for Tulane. And Tulane is not the team with the injured quarterback. And someone is still buying that SMU stock. Yee. This thing was four. And it's Yee. moving the other way. And look, the chipolytics agree. Like the chip, like mm. the, the, I've, I've discussed this with you. Like I'm, I'm definitely no bud and I'm definitely no Tom, but in the last working with the two of them, especially sure. once we added bud to the mix, at least had me starting to dabble and just trying mm-hmm. to be like, okay, let's see if we can like build our own power rating and do week to week adjustments, grade games, like, you know, do little like twists here and there. Like I, I do think that it's a blatant wrong team favorite situation, even as a true road game that SMU should be, um, that SMU should be favored here. But I kind of feel like Tulane also has just been dicking around through the back half of their schedule because when they woke up and had to play UTSA, they rocked them. Mm-hmm. This is the team that won 11 games last year and beat USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just think that they've been playing. Sand, sandbagging, man. Yeah, oh yeah, but bored, sandbagging. And that's the other thing, too, is like my little rudimentary, you know, broken little model or whatever you want to call it is definitely just results-based. Like there's sure. not a way for it to be like, they're sandbagging. Those sandbagging yeah. sons of bitches put in an adjustment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I just like, 
I'm with you. And Tulane's had to show up. They've looked good. SMU quarterback. I mean, they damn near beat Ole Miss. That game was so much closer than the final score. It should have been Ole Miss. I had Tulane. I'm still mad about it. Yeah, and Tulane had their backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think Tulane has been the captain of the fuck around gang this year. And now they are just they're they're ready to start playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a stay away. I don't like it. Like, if it ever got under three, wave. Three and a half. Probably still lean that way, but a little scared of it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, SMU's been good, and like Bud's been good. Bud's argument was, I don't think Preston Stone is that good. That, like, mm-hmm. this is an over-adjustment for your starting quarterback when I think that team is good for a lot of reasons that don't involve him being great. Yeah, I mean, it's just a question of can you continue to make quick decisions as an offense with a backup quarterback? I think that gets underrated. Yeah. When it comes to, hey, this guy might not be super talented, but, like, if he keeps the offense on rhythm... Mm, God, that's a good point which is very important for a team like SMU. And again, like it's possible that they can do it, but it is really hard when you don't have the reps to, to, to make the, like maybe he doesn't have to make a ton of spectacular throws, but like, can you hit a crosser on time on target leading him so he can get that yak? Can you hit the bubbles? Can you hit everything? Can you be on target with those throws with receivers? You might not have reps with, that's a really hard thing to do and come into, even if the quarterback with the first team doesn't necessarily have to make spectacular plays all the time. There is something to, can you keep the offense rolling the same way that is difficult with a backup, even if the backup might be similarly talented. Yeah. That's a, that's I, what I, I would that's say a good Bud. point. That's all I would say. Bud's smarter than me, but there's your there's your point on SMU. Uh, Appy State plus six against Troy, 52 and a half. This is also a home game for Troy. I do believe. Oh, yeah. Um, under. Ooh, Troy unders? Troy unders. I might like that. That's my first thought. I've got no read on this game. I'm actually very, I'm very, very content going in, just hoping like rooting for app and Sean Clark to play well. So like, if I wanted to throw in an emotional cut, like an emotional Mountaineers play, I need to see seven. Um, but that's, uh, that, that's just Mountaineers playing, getting hot. Right. App's been rolling. Appy's been rolling. The under, the under is definitely scary the way these two teams have been rolling, but I just think, God, it feels like this is a game where thing they just kind of everybody kind of tenses up a little bit. I don't know. Both offenses have been rolling. I just I think I just think defenses might dictate this. Both these teams want to win the you know to have that conference title. Like I think it just tightens guys up a little bit in this spot. I would just lean under. A little scared of it. I'm with you though. Both these teams come in cruising, man. What did Sean Clark say recently? He was like, uh, he was, let me see if I can 
um, find the game that he was talking about, but it was like after one of the games, like one of the bad losses, he, he talked about, you know, defensively, he was like, we just came together and look, we just put it all on the table. Like kind of, I, I almost interpret it as like, we just all like put our nuts on the table. Or it was like, he's like, we just spilled it all out. We put everything on the table. We made some changes moving forward. And look, mm-hmm. we started playing guys that weren't playing based on the kind of effort we saw in practice. And some guys that were playing at the beginning of the year weren't backing it up in practice, so they weren't playing anymore. And I just love the um, – I, I, I haven't gone back to actually track the personnel because I just heard him say it like a week ago, but mm-hmm. I, I, I love App State just going in. Probably not as talented on the defensive end, but they're doing a lot better job on the defensive end than when they were getting gashed early in the season. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that the defenses could – could dictate the play in this one. Um, I also just historically like Troy unders. They haven't been as good this year because Troy's offense has kind of been humming right. you know, in a way that historically they haven't. Troy has always been kind of a rock fighty team, and this year they've kind of opened things up on offense. But I think against App State, maybe we get there. Uh, ACC title game, Louisville plus two and a half uh, against Florida State. Forty-seven and a half is total. Charlotte. Yep. Yep. Um, this is the only NFL stadium that's used on conference championship weekend that is still outdoors. Yep. And guess what the weather calls for? Breezy, cold, and rain. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, buddy. Under? I've I've been in between the Belk Bowl and or Duke, excuse me, Duke's Mayo Bowl now. Uh, between yes. the Duke's Mayo Bowl all the way back to the Continental Tire Bowl for the real ones, um, <laughs> and ACC championship games. I've had some cold, <laughs> wet ass December's in Bank of America Stadium. Hell yeah, under. It's a little scary with rain. But cold rain, I like unders. I'm actually on the over. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, man. I this this number's less than fifty with Mike Norvell and Jeff Brom, like two coaches that are the kings of scheming somebody wide the fuck open, and like they are gonna have to go total chess match with this because it's Tate Rotomaker, <laughs> and like you can't. Jack Plummer has to be a joystick quarterback. Like you can't let him just go freewheel it out there. So it's going to be like two dudes playing Madden. And <laughs> I just, I, I think that we see some points, definitely more than 48. Okay. I, I mean, man. Um, Oh, like, and this is like a real, anybody recently either too. This is, Oh yeah. Louisville's defense got cooked by Virginia. Uh, it's Virginia, like, Miami, and Kentucky have all put it up, put up some, put up some points. Um, and I'm, take, I'm taking the under. I don't know if I can get with you on an over, but I'm taking the under off the board. Um, and the other one, like this, is a very football nerdy specific that uh, that Tom and DK were talking about earlier in the week. But like, Florida State plays a lot of like that aggressive, hands on you, man to man coverage. Mm-hmm. And against most ACC opponents, it means they eat them alive. But yeah. against Louisville's wide receivers with Jeff Brom, a book full of man beaters that he's got in the <laughs> office, like 
He'll have something cooked up. Plummer might miss the throw, but there's going to be a couple of times where the Dude. cards have everything set up for him. I think I think Greg McElroy on this game just so he has to endure another <laughs> Jack Plummer performance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just got to get that that ball up, man. He's got a man open. He just got. You just you get gotta get it. Yeah, you, you just. I could just like see his little knees bend as he's like. You just you gotta get it off right there. Oh man, he's leaning. He's in the booth, leaning forward. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Because this here's the thing. This line. Shit, I think it is. Oh my gosh. Let me pull it up. The line feels like they want me to take Louisville. Right. It feels like bait. They're like, yeah, FSU, they got a backup. You know, they didn't look great against Florida. You know, like (sighs) Louisville, like, yeah, they got kind of, they got nipped by Kentucky, but that they played better than the result. Like all these things. I mean, and like, it feels like they're just, it's, that's bait, man. It's, it is super, super trendy because every, you do, everyone is waiting for the 24, everyone's still got like memories of the 2014 Florida state team when you Mm -hmm. were just like, please lose. Oh my gosh, please lose. And then finally Oregon just came and walloped them. Yeah. I think people are waiting for that moment. I, again, I think you're. I think you're right. I think it's like people are wish casting a Louisville win here just to get four state out of the playoff conversation. I mean, I've run uh, the scenarios. I was waiting to get my car inspected this week, and I was like, "All right, so let's ignore the idea that Michigan is going to beat Iowa." Okay, like that is it's going to be a waste of our time. Let's let's just say Michigan beats Iowa. And now let's game out the 16 scenarios of all the different combinations. So like I started out, I was like Michigan, Florida state, Georgia, Texas, Oregon. Okay. What's the final four look like? And I sort of went down the line and then I went back to scan it, sort of create like rooting interests and talking points for this weekend. And everyone needs Louisville to beat Florida state. Like from Ohio state to Oregon, to Texas, to Alabama, Alabama. like, you really, really are rooting for Louisville to beat Florida State. Fuck, the selection committee might be rooting for Louisville to beat Florida State. Oh, my God. They're going to have Lamar Jackson jerseys on in the room. Yes. Yes. They're all decked out. Ward's up, brother. Ward Emanuel, the athletic director for Michigan, is on the committee this year, and he has to recuse himself when they're talking about Michigan. So his ass will be in there in that 8 o'clock time slot, not being biased with a Michigan jersey on, but with a Lamar (laughs) Jackson jersey on. Well, the funny thing, he won't care. He's like, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Um, let's get to let's get to that Big Ten title game. Uh, Michigan's laying a, a a tidy twenty two and a half. The totals thirty five and a half. Um, I mean, what have you done with every Iowa game this year? You go under. You just go under. You go under. Um, is what's Iowa's team total like six? Yeah, that's actually where I am, Robbie. Glad you asked. I'm on the Iowa team total Mm -hmm. under six and a half. Oh, it's six and a half. Beautiful. I know. I know. I was so excited too. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, man. Cause 
I mean, we've talked about this, like without Cooper DeGene, they don't have their touchdown creator on defense and special teams. So they might turn you over, but they're probably not taking it back for a six. And if they don't take it back for six, it's a field goal against this Michigan defense. Um, Do Michigan's you also like, remember the play? Um, like there was a drive, in, I think early second half in the Penn State-Michigan game where Penn State actually like hit a couple explosives. Maybe it was in the second quarter. Uh, it's like down, the play is near the like the the closer sideline, like at the bottom of the screen, dude's like mm-hmm. taking off. Um, I can't remember if it was Katron Allen uh, or Nick Singleton, but he's, he's moving the ball down the field. He's broken loose of one tackle and he's going. And then you're like, and he's getting chased down by Michigan's defense. And Oh my God, that's Grant. Oh, there's a 330 pound defensive lineman chasing him down. Like there, this Michigan defense is so good that even if they miss an assignment and blow a run fit, they're not going to let Iowa run for 70 yards and a touchdown. They're going right. to chase him down. Right. Yeah, I I just – I'm not seeing where Iowa touches painted grass. Hard for me to figure out how that happens. Um, I think the concern with the under is that Michigan just might get mean here. There's a couple other like interesting because um, like it might be like the Penn State game, but Michigan can execute a little better than Penn State and finish off some of those drives. Michigan uh, also has like I I had forgotten to take this into consideration at the college level because the Malik Neighbors incident certainly drives home that sometimes these coaches really do care about program records. Blake yep. Corum is two touchdowns away from the Michigan oh, yeah. program record for all-time rushing touchdowns. So, oh, yeah, and you know Mike Hart knows that. I just he cares very deeply about that. If it comes down to decision making, mm. there, there, there might be a drive where they want to say, "Hey, let let's get down there and let's and give, let's get BC in the end." Let, zone. Yeah, let's let's let Deuce put it in the end zone right now. Um, that's a that's a good one. So that was like Thomas. Thomas saying like that's a reason to be scared of the over. He was like, but as a hedge, you can just do Blake Corum two touch two plus touchdowns. I do like that. That's nice. The Blake Corum Big Ten title game middle engaged. Oh baby! Can we get two Blake Corum touchdowns and under thirty five and a half? Take me home. And Iowa team total under. Oh all my gosh. It. All of it. I see the vision. <laughs> Thread the needle. I see the vision. 28 to 6. Come on. <laughs> I need it. Uh, 28 to 6 actually might be the score because that would also make everybody sweat that spread. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love it. Let's go. Um, yeah, I like interest. I like. I'm just. I'm. I'm interested to see what Iowa can even do offensively. Um, the other thing that scares me is like if they fall behind quick, Deacon Hill makes some bad decisions with the football. 
and they've got you get away with those against some teams in the Big Ten West. A little concerning that Michigan might Michigan might get some do do some Iowa things to Iowa in terms of defensive scores. Yeah, that is concerning for the under. But I do I, Iowa team total under and Blake Corum two plus tutties. That's that's where I'll be. Uh, you got anything for the FCS playoffs? I don't. I was getting yelled at today in the uh, the live chat that we didn't have any picks for it. And I'm I'm really sorry, guys, but maxed out. I love that football too, and like years when I've had the brain space for it. Yep. I just I don't have it right now, man. The demand uh, the demands to, for the you big got boys for Army Navy next week. Or the, uh, under twenty eight and a half. Under duh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Army's minus two right now. Both teams playing for a bowl game. Five and six. Winner, winner gets into, what, the Armed Services Bowl? I would share, yeah, the... Whatever it is. Troop Bowl? Um, yeah, under 28 and a half. Because so. we're not going to do a whole podcast next week for that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything. I just wasn't sure if there's anything that... that Tickle your fancy there. Um, no, I, I mean, I really do wish that I had it. Sure. Yeah, I just. Sure. I don't. Mer- Mercer Bears. Uh, Mercer, my mom's alma mater, plus 32 and a half at South Dakota State. That is too many points in the playoffs. You don't give a bear 32 points in the she playoffs. You don't give a bear. Come on. <laughs> yeah, here, get, let's, let's keep going. Lead. Let's go. Let's go. What's, what are the other lines? Uh. North Dakota State's catching points at Montana State, three and a half. Mm, Montana State's been a monster, Montana State's though. good. Yeah. Uh, Prairie View plus 17 and a half at uh, Florida A&M. Rattlesnakes or Rattlers. Rattlers, Florida A&M. Yeah. Delaware getting ready to move to FBS is catching 17 and a half at Montana. Grizz. I think that's, a, that's, a, that's a big, obviously under, you know. Under 47 and a half. Yeah, but uh, I do think that's that's really tough for uh, Blue Hens to be out in Montana. It's not their natural habitat. It's not their natural habitat. Not the habitat. Uh, Salukis plus six and a half at Idaho. Kibbe Dome, 50 and a half is the total. Idaho, juggernaut. Yeah, Idaho in the Kibbe Dome. Uh, Sacramento State plus three and a half at South Dakota. 49 and a half on the total. South Dakota. Uh, Chad Chattanooga plus six and a half at Furman, 41 and a half on the total principal under. Yeah, one p.m. kick, sleepy. Uh, mocks, paladins under all day, and then Youngstown State plus five and a half at Villanova, 57 and a half on the total. Oh, uh, Youngstown State Penguins got to uh, Richmond plus seven and a half at Albany, 48 and a half on total. Spiders. Yeah. Spiders. So, uh, obviously, play all those. We have deep thought about them. <laughs> have definitely seen those teams this year. Uh, yeah. I'm sitting there. I'm like, Albany, the team that lost Jared Verse. Richmond, the team that lost their quarterback to Zosia. <laughs> right. <laughs> Transfer. We, we, we know these teams via the transfer portal. We know uh, these teams because maybe they, still, maybe they still are getting some talent like that. Yeah. You know? And that we'll find, we'll learn their names between now and January 15th. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, I I've seen Dabo 
Dabo's made two moves in the last two days that have shown he is he's ready to to change his ways. Ooh. He first offered a scholarship to an offensive lineman from shorter college. What we have right now is a major shortage. Sorry, I know that's confusing, but a shortage of really quality offensive linemen that are going to be in the transfer portal, leaving other like power five or FBS, even rosters like, so now there's really been a deep dive on trying to find some of these six, six, 330 pound guys at smaller colleges and being like, all right, if we can, we can coach this up. We might have a really much needed piece to add to our offensive line rotation, right? Mm -hmm. If we can, you know, we can, you know, get them into different positions. And so, Dabo is uh, working the portal, trying to get this offensive lineman from shorter college. And then today he fired his offensive line coach and he fired his defensive ends coach guys Mm. that had been with him forever, but didn't have a lot of college experience elsewhere. So Mm. sure. Seems like if your criticisms were you don't use the transfer portal and your entire coaching staff is made up of guys who used to be analysts for you at Clemson, then it does show that there's at least the intent for some sign of change, working the portal and making some staff changes. Speaking of the portal, a little, a little breaking right now. Dante Moore hitting the portal. Yeah, about us. It's like uh, more the Dante losing Dante Moore means Chip Kelly is going to be fired, and UCLA is just being cheap with the timing. Yeah, I think in mid December his buyout goes down. <laughs> So they're like, you know what? I would accuse them of punting on a recruiting class, but it's Chip Kelly. That guy punts on recruiting anyway. Oh, shit. Here's the band. They've gotten better. The band that practices outside my window? Is it a high school band? Yeah, it's got like 12 guys. Oh. I thought it was a marching band. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's the twelve person marching man. Okay. They uh they've gotten much better. Kudos to their coach. They could not make these sounds uh in August. Three months ago. At the beginning ago. of a training camp. Uh we have made some incredible improvements, especially in the in the brass and the woodwinds. Uh, <laughs> big strides. Happy for him. Glad to hear it. Gl- love that. Uh anyway, on that note, Chip. Uh, pleasure as always to everybody listening thanks for sticking around Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy your weekend and let those winners flow